Hello and welcome to the latest jam-packed episode of the Trucking Driver podcast. On this week's show, I'm catching up with Chris Madison, plus we've got Marty Moan's latest song, U-Turn, and also Morton Cullimore checks in with us to talk about a very important petition regarding facilities for drivers. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Trucking Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. Hola, it's Chris Madison. Back, fresh, Sunday morning. No hangovers? Well, I've got the hangover without the ale. I don't know what happened last night. Three pints, getting in a decent feed. I feel like I've been up all night. Oh, me. Anyway, I've got a question about truck driving. Have you... In the course of your truck driving career and being parked at night, have you ever been had the door of your truck knocked and been propositioned by a lady of the night? No. AKA never. a Davor Suker or a never. prostitute? No. No. So, I want to know uh, how common this actually is because somebody mentioned it on one of the truck Facebook pages this week and he said, oh, I just parked up for the night and uh, 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 a lady knocked on the door and said if I wanted any business. And I'm like, is this actually a thing? Because I remember a few years ago talking to somebody who said if you parked in a, a certain wool- lay-by in Wolverhampton, you would almost certainly get this happening. And I want to know, dear listeners, dear readers, is this an urban myth or does it still go on? And for the record... Uh, I'm not asking you this question so I can go and experience it for real. It's just out of journalistic curiosity. Cannon Park at Middlesbrough, that's um, uh, that's where it's supposed to go off. If you park on Cannon Park, you don't get a night's rest there because they're at you all night. Ah, and I take it, well, I, 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 hate, I don't want to be like down on these sort of, the people who are involved with this because they're vulnerable members of society. It's uh, probably taken, you know, quite a few unfortunate steps to get to the point where you're knocking on the door of a lorry cab but I take it they're not they don't have the um, the physical looks of Julia Roberts and Pretty Women for example well no apparently not most of them look like Brew from um, Despicable Me from what I've heard but... Le- Les Dawson in a dress mm. go for that you know I'm, I'm northern no <clears throat> I don't know anybody that's been pested to be right, but I'll ask about tomorrow because I, I can think of a few. I can give a few prime candidates for this question. Maybe, maybe it's got worse because of coronavirus, and it's hard times, you know, for people. You know, I don't think sex workers can get furloughed. What with it not being legal in this country? No, that'd be hard putting a claim in, wouldn't it? Uh, um, I've got <clears throat> been a lot of dodgy shit going down in laybys over years, you know, and some of it. Oh, there is. Mid afternoon, you're just sitting yeah. there having a brew and a Kit Kat, and uh, or outside yeah. Red Lion. You know, before Red Lion got glorified down in Northampton, it used to be a ratty old layby. Yeah, because oh, it's all fancy now, isn't it? It's all new fuel bunkers and everything in it. Mm-hmm. It's all lush now. Yeah, well, we're sitting outside there one tea time. I come up from uh, a quarry in Kent on his way up to Nuneaton. A couple of us, the esteemed Martin Hancock, that got me to buy my Foden, and uh, and him and his Foden. And I thought, it's a bit funny going on here. I wonder if there's a fishing dam in that wood. Because as these guys kept pulling up at tea time and pottering off into this wood. And I just said to Hancock, you know, being an innocent farming lad, I said, is there a fishing dam in there? And he looked at me as if to say, are you taking a piss? I said, um, why? He says, dogging spot, in it? I said, what the hell are you talking about? I had no idea about dogging or anything. Apparently these chaps go in there for a special man hug and then come back out. Oh. And I thought they were fishing. He says, 
do you not wonder why they didn't have fishing rods or bait boxes or yeah. snap or a rucksack? Uh, now you mention it. There's always, a, there's always a suspicious thing you'll notice when you're driving along at night and you'll see a truck in a lay-by and there's a car parked beside the truck in the middle of the night and you're like, well, why is the car there? Where is the occupant of the car? And they're clearly in the truck. Fishing. What is that? You're very, yeah, you're very cynical, you're after the fish. Yeah. Well, I got told a story. Well, I did a, I did some agency work back at, uh, for, when was it? 2012, 2013, Dalkeith Transport. I don't know if I ever told this story before on here, but we had a double man trunk that ran to Bradford. And I was like the new guy who was going to be on it for a while. So the, the, the guy that was doing it like all the time was explaining to me the roads that you had to use and there was there was various ways you could get back to the yard you could go up the A1 the 68 or you could even go up the A6970 Wooler should you require it if the roads were closed and everything he said there's a lay-by up here he said don't change your taco cards over in it when you're doing the double man thing where you've got to stop and physically change the cards over he said don't do it in here and I'm like well why not he says right okay I'll go and show you why so he pulls the truck in up to the top of the lay-by and there's these cars sitting in the lay-by and we're like okay so by the time we've got up to the top uh, jumped out had a piss changed our cards over and then put the lights on there's like four guys standing in the undergrowth looking at the truck waiting to see what's going to happen <laughs> now now then oh, super. I was like yeah my, you know I have the, the, the right hand in my, in my trousers the point of that is though that they're not going to go and simply follow a truck to go and see what's going to happen if previously something hasn't happened. So the, clearly there was something going on there with trucks pulling into that lay-by and, you know, old Derek and all that were out for a night out. The, 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 the things that go on in the night in the world of road transport. I'd rather sleep on top of a barbed wire fence than sleep in a lay-by anyway. <laughs> Well, that wasn't even sleeping in a lay-by. That was pulling over to change your taco cards. So it must have been... That was even dodgy. You know, and... Derek and Co. That must have looked really promising, that. Well, if you think about it, it's slightly off the off the normal track, the A697, because you cut off north of Newcastle. That takes it... It's not a road that you would normally use, but we used it one night because... Just to identify the various routes you would need if there was a road closure or anything like mm-hmm. that. Eh? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. making that phase, yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, I was a second man. Oh, that sounds even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Second man in a dogging nightmare. Jesus. Uh, there, was another, there was another story going on about that time, which I didn't believe, but it was since corroborated by uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine who I would, who is very normal and I would no reason to dissuade her. She said that there used to be a guy that drove about like the A1 at night in a dress and he would drive alongside the lorries with his interior light on and then he would like pull his dress up and like perform what the Sun newspaper would term as a, a sex act to see if he could get truck drivers to stop. You know, that's what he did, you know, to go and like attract truck drivers. And I was speaking to my current girlfriend about that and she said, that, what? No, nobody would stop for that and everything would then. I'm like, let me tell you, truck drivers. <laughs> God, my dear. I don't know if that was ever true. I don't know, but somebody, somebody else mentioned that to me, and that would be going back about ten years now. That used to drive about Edinburgh in a dress. It's not, it's not gay if one of you is wearing women's underwear. Is that how it works? Right, right. Apparently so. <laughs> God Almighty! Um, do you remember that thing? Oh, I can't remember what it was about. Um, 
I don't know if it was a roads policing thing or what it was, but there was some some bloke parked up in an ERF, which probably speaks volumes, um, and he'd been reported in this lay-by for uh, trotting up and down in his dress and his high heels and what have you. Um, I don't know if they came to arrest him for that. I think they just came to have a look. But he, yeah. um, it turns out he was wankered as well, so they, uh, they busted him for being... Uh, drunk in charge. I think that's not the house if he was actually out the vehicle. Uh, I think when they came, he were back in and edited him for being drunk in charge. But oh. it, uh, he got some, he got some lovely shoes on. But a big lad, like, uh, and he were trekking up and down in this lay-by, tottering about, shouting and bawling, yeah. and you know, pointing at imaginary badges and all this. But he got really... uh, well, it's more modern than enlightened times now. I hope he's found the identity which suits him and. Um, I hope he's no, got a grip, no. the tosser. Mm, aye. <laughs> 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 do you want to do, do do, do talk about trucks? I suppose we're best here, aren't we? Because uh, there's been quite a lot of truck details, news and things. The one thing that I sent you the other week was Sheffield has binned off its low emissions zone, which was a crucial thing for you and in terms of keeping and keeping the Foden, because that takes the pressure off with that for quite a while. Yeah, leads have rolled over as well. I procured you. I spoke to Ian Joyce at DAF, who gave me the contact numbers for a couple of guys involved with sales, should you wish to look at manual XFs. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't done anything like that because I never spoke to you last week. But I have got phone numbers relating to 12-speed manual XFs. Yeah, sound but that's pressure off anyway. That makes that makes life Aye. a lot easier in the meantime if Sheffield aren't doing that either, doesn't it? Aye, that's grand. I mean, they're going anywhere else, though. Let's be fair. I mean, Aberdeen and um, a bit of Glasgow, but it's yeah, ninety percent of my misery is Sheffield or Leeds, and uh, so that's good. Happy days. How is how is the Foden? Um. I think she's all right at the minute. I um I might kick that steering uh, column release toggle switch through um into oblivion by jumping up on driver's seat and turning yeah. around. And, uh, yeah. So that's just Friday night, eight o'clock, head torch job, stripping that down to put that back together. Yeah, I've got yeah. MOT booked. Oh no way! When this year? I'm going early. Yeah, it expires end of October. I've got it booked next Thursday. Oh good, happy days. Hmm. Whether the buggers turn up or not, seems to be cancelling a lot well, of the They've been extending MOTs for certain people as well. I was up at an MOT place, and if, you're, if your MOT score is high enough, they will extend you for an entire year. Yeah, you've got, to have had, you've got to have had so many um, uh, events, whatever they call it. They've got to have had you and fiddled with you a few times a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, we've been on green forever and we've never had mm-hmm. a fail or an advisory ever. But I don't get an extension because I've not been interfered with enough at the mm-hmm. roadside, which takes us back to the original subject matter. Yes. <laughs> this, lot, this lot, you know, they come in uh, clearly marked vehicles and funny uniforms. Mm-hmm. So I got a chance of a test next Thursday, so I thought, right, well, let's be on. So she only wants a couple of airbags, you know, those little annoying. Uh, lift axle bags up my axle yeah. split every year those mm-hmm. so that's it I've ordered those and she's going on Thursday so uh, happy days see your spotlights because well, I, 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 I've been I've been working on mine as well and I put the four new spotlights up above the sun visor and the side lights work but when I flick the 
the main beam switch on the on the stock, they don't come on. Is there a switch on the dash that needs to be on for your spotlights to work? No, on no, the... not on mine, but they're on a separate relay. Ah, uh, I wonder. And it's not in. It's not in the fuse board. It's it's down the side. It's it's kind of wired into its own. Right. I need to look in. I need to look into that because I don't have any full beam on my spotlights, and as far as I can tell, the wiring's all right. Yeah, it'll be a relay that's not in. Hmm. Plus, you'll hear a click, won't you, when you flash your normal mains. So your yeah. relay will be working for that. Yeah. But you'll have a secondary relay. That's all. That's all I can think, anyway. Oh, I some psycho wired him in. I might ask Ian Brumpton. Well, I know I put new beacons on the roof because it had this like stiff nipple single beacon stuck to the roof. So I bought a set of like double beacons for it, but they are wired into the red interior light because I assume that was the nearest place you could get 24 volts from. So when I switch my red interior light on, um, it, it puts the beacons on. <laughs> but, way of doing it. But it's close. It's inching itself towards... It's not that far away from getting ready to go for an MOT. I've discovered that the front hubs uh, on the steer axle are the same as on the midlift. So I can go and get my front... Um, the front disc's taken off, put my new hubs built up on, and then I can go and get the other ones sent away. And, um, there's a guy up here that does it, John Tennant, told me. Uh, so I can get them there, and then I can get new discs in the mid-lift as well. So that's I've got them all done front to back. All right. Which will be nice, and then I'll contemplate selling it. The seat was the worst thing. Well, John said he's got an old seat I can have as well. But the, the, that spaghetti that's under the seat's made it the most... Uh, Pathetic, thin, soft pipe ever has split in ten places. If you try and replace pipe in most of it, yeah. If you try and replace it with actual four mil airline, it's slightly different, and it doesn't have that compliance yeah. to it. But yeah, so it's now got like about ten bits of that chopped into it. But at least I'm doing something on it. I finally got motivated. You know, July when was it? Yeah, pretty much most of June, July, and August was uh, spent. Um, do, doing lockdown and uh, everything the Keith Richards way so I'll have to go and now it's getting into August and uh, well now we're through, through September I'm actually motivated to go and do things now as the weather starts to slide which is typical but I'm out I'm out week after next I've got I knocked back the Mercedes-Benz Actros 510 because I was too busy I said I couldn't have it Yes, but I got back in touch and said, right, I'm now free, we can't, week commencing the 28th of September, should you have a truck? And they said, the 510's away, but we do have a new, brand new top-of-the-range 630 with everything on it that you can oh, have. Oh, yes. So I was like, <laughs> oh, ha! yes. That was, that was a good bit of a... This, bombed, bombed the 510 out, so I've got the 630 for a week, which I'm going to drive for Pollux, uh, on the basis that I'm hoping I'm just going to go and do... I'm going to go and do some day shift in it, possibly some trunking, um, yeah. the day shift stuff's arguably more challenging than some of the some of the tramping apart from parking issues because you're actually dropping trailers and you're going in and out of places and unloading and reloading as you would know yeah yeah, yeah. Well, about it. so that's lined up and and I've got the Iveco S-Way booked mm. there's been some pictures of the the first right hand drive one which happens to be the only they seem to have built one because yeah. we've got a, I was wanting to, we're doing a thing jointly with Commercial Motor on the S-Way, so I wanted two trucks, 
but they've only got one, but at least it's a 570 top of the range. Week commence in, Octo- week commence in October the 19th, I've got that. Uh, and I've not worked out what to do with it because I need to pick it up from Basildon, I think, because I might need to leave my car, one car there and then somehow get... I, I, I don't like to think of the logistics for this. It gives me a sore head. Aye. But that's another truck coming. <coughs> yes. That's, a, that's another one. What else is on the list of things of where I've been and what I've been doing? I've done the truck. I'm, I'm going around presenting the truck and driver life, um, the truck and driver awards as well, which I would have like been handing out to people and telling them we're all going to slap up dinner, but we can't because coronavirus is shutting the entire planet down again. So I went and visited our life, our young driver presented the award, and I've done the lifetime achievement award now. I've got truck of the year to do. Uh, I've got Hero of Hollage to go and do next Sunday. I'm going to Ireland next Saturday to photograph an Actros V8. Uh, quite a rare one for my V8 special, which is the next issue coming out. Ah, so we're really busy. Loads of stuff on the go with that. But I, I decided to award the Truck of the Year. The Truck of the Year, I awarded it and then realised it was in Ipswich, which I now regret because I've now got to drive to Ipswich. Nothing personal about Ipswich, it's just its geographical location where it's nowhere near anywhere. I'm sure it takes like three hours to drive there from Norwich. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's, it's no bad, it's no bad. It's just a bit of a bugger from where you are. But... Uh, I'll be on the road racking up the miles, but it's been really nice weather this week. And I've been in the office, I've been, I've been in the office for the past two weeks as well, so I've been up at... I've been up at seven o'clock in the morning. I've been up before then, uh, going into the office, getting lots done, going home at night, feeling quite good because I drive the car, listen to podcasts, listen to music and all that. So that's good. So I'm back at home working next week, but I'll be on the road. I've got to go to Ipswich and I'm trying to go and factor in something else. I've got my Hero of Haulage Award to. I've tried to award to a lady who runs like a transport compliance business that deals with the owner operators and keeps them on the right side of the law. But as of yet, I've yet to get a response for her, from her. I'm like, do you want the award or not? <laughs> aye. She, she says, aye, if you post it, but I don't want you coming down here, you frightened me. Oh, no, I'm, not, I'm hoping it's not, not all corona stuff. And it, well, it's a bit different. Everything to do with road transport, because as we know, we've just kept going throughout all of it. Yeah. And we're going to continue going through the next stuff of this. There are people who are just desperate to have the entire country locked down again and it's not going to happen ain't happening now you've got fairly forthright views on that but uh, well I couldn't possibly comment you know me I don't like to comment about anything controversial well well, yes you normally do and we just edit it out well yeah this is a point but you have literally riven me from my cot Half an hour ago, so I'm not firing on all cylinders this morning. So it's like a, it's like a cosy Terry Wogan breakfast show job. This compared to normal. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> we can have a Janet and John story that I'll hastily make up if you want. Uh, 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 Janet and John and the uh, unfortunate lay-by. Aye, Mrs Higginbottom. It was lovely to be on Eckert Woods last week, like you say. I uh, I was deeply impressed by the weather up there. It was grand. I mean, it's been gorgeous. May and September are the best months of the year for weather these years. 
Slow don't often on. think of Kakodi in terms of lovely days, but when I was up there on Wednesday, I, fantastic, it was grand. And um, no idea where I went to. Oh, I do. I went to Reload, a really nice spot um, called Had Fab, and it's at um, now the not Haddington proper, but a bit further up. Um, Haddington over that's over east past Edinburgh. I I whipped down over bridge and then went down and round and we loaded 24 ton of profiles for Italy out of Had Fab and it was overlooking um, well an estuary of sorts I don't know I suppose we were still on top on top corner at fourth where we were there yeah but it was it was stunning and I hate coming down A1 you know that run down east coast I hate it it's yeah that's fantastic. what that's what I'm but, going to be doing every day with Pollock I think if I get the, if I get the trunking run I'll be going down to Washington and back and then maybe back up to Falkirk God, it's a um, drag in it, but it was lovely. I stopped at Early Island for a Costa and some diesel and what have you. It was fantastic. Right up until the bit where we got down below Belford and there's an odd plod car sitting in a farm gate hill with his lights on, just having a beady look. And about a mile down the road, all flashing headlights started. There's a bloody lay-by. And there must literally have been eight, ten, maybe police cars and vans in this lay-by. And they, fortunately, when I went past, they were full. They got a guy in with a triple stack of trailers on, and a bloke with a Land Rover and a little old Nuffield tractor on a trailer. But they were giving them the full package. They were all over them, masked up, you know, oh. full compliance. And they were at it. There were no Vosarians there. They're not Galaxy pilots, but police were having a right oh. purge in that oh. lay-by. God knows what they were doing. Well, Beatick and Todd Hills were going like a fairground when I passed both times because I went to the commercial motor tipper test a uh, week before last, which I found uh, where I had uh, like six tippers in a quarry and I wanted to do more with it. But the main reason I was down there was to present the Young Driver Award. And I also, I went and interviewed Morton Cullimore about this petition for lorry driver facilities. So that will come on the end of this podcast. Um, but I got down to the hotel and what I found if I go away somewhere and do something unusual like drive 350 miles in my car it's still too exciting I'm still a bit fragile and I, I got about three hours sleep per night and like everybody was downstairs drinking and I'm three weeks off the drink now so I actually the first day I was ruined and then the second day when I couldn't sleep I was that I felt that terrible in the morning I just drove straight back to Scotland that's how and then I slept for 10 hours it's weird uh, that's one of the effects of unexpectedly spending four months in my house and not going anywhere. I get overstimulated if I go and drive the bloody car somewhere and go and speak to people. It's getting better now. No, I avoid stimulation now. It's best. Most exciting thing I've done in a month is fit a wiper motor at side of the road in a smug fashion. Oh yeah, you need to. We didn't mention this in the last podcast, I don't think. We didn't do it last podcast. Did we, we didn't. We no, didn't you need to it. jump back there because I, I did ask how the I did ask how the phoning was. Was there not something about a bit of dust on a sensor or something like that as well that got? Fixed? Oh, that, that was a good week. Yeah. Um, I we um we go to a place in Halifax which is hell on earth. You have to drag up a mountain up to Marshalls. Those lads of you that go up there. That's some good hills around there. Um, Jagger Brothers lads are in there reloading and that. Uh, is it Craig's of Denny? Yes, yep. 
They're in there all the time. So, yeah, well, Craig's are in there every day, backloading out. And uh, we bring in block paving from uh, Belgium and pigments and stuff up to Marshalls. And it is a bloody awful climb. We go right up to the top. It's about five miles straight, Paul, in places. It's one in three. And it, it's just, it's, oh, dearly me. Anyway, she so was pulling up there. Engine warning light came on full wobbler thrown um, and there's nowhere to stop up there if you stop it's uh, oh gear all the way up oh, uh, it's, oh dear me so we just kept going and going and going and we got up to the top and I thought oh it'll just she'll have gotten a bit warm and had a bit of a strop so turned her off tipped turned her back on full mashings again um, anyway I rang a, a man that can um, Pete over at uh, commercial services sandbox says what do you think this is he goes speed sensor that so, do you reckon said, yeah speed sensor calm yourself so um i jogged it down to sheffield taco center i mean i could have run it all week with you know taco having a wobbler if there were no warning lights on taco there was nothing to suggest taco had, had a you know had a cry but then when i pulled disc out to have a look sure enough it had gone uh, it gone do loud so ran it down to sheffield taco and they pulled the speed sensor out of the box and there's a great big lump of something nasty and black on the end of the speed sensor. Mm, Swarf just picked up filings at the bottom. Just general gubbins, yeah. Mm. So cleaned it, put it back in. He says, oh, I've seen them with a lot more than that on. That won't be it. Oh, no. Anyway, put it back in. Hey, presto, there we are. Done, finished. So smugly then we set off up to, uh, what did I do? Bathgate Aldi. Um, you got it all right. Ah. DVSA like to sit in there a lot as well. Yeah, well, I tipped properly. I didn't. I remember going to Middleton, Manchester, and, and, and uh, there'd be a galaxy outside most mornings when you came out. Obviously, knowing you'd tipped on beer, you know. So anyway, um, mm. tip that shot back across Glasgow through a load of furniture at a team in uh, Paisley, and then backloaded out of uh, Streamline Freight to Aberdeen on docks, which nice. was nice. Stayed in a right truck stop up there. Uh, Alton's Industrial Estate, there's a truck stop. Oh, That's quite new, isn't it, that truck stop? No, it's been there years. It used, it? To be a torn, yeah, it used to be a torn birth job in there. It's down to 12 spaces now. But the guy that runs the cafe in the middle, really snazzy cafe just in the middle there, he uh, obviously gets his trade from all local industrial estates and workers and stuff because obviously you know, 12 wagons in there every night aren't going to keep the bills paid. But it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Altens, Altens, yeah, it's it's well signed as you're dropping down into into Aberdeen. It's it's really good. Uh, there were three of us in there that night, and he says, "Here's your code for the showers. You know, there's a separate shower block, spotless. You've got a, a keypad entry thing to get in, and it's it's brilliant. Really, really cock on. The bloke was as friendly as you can get without you know without special touching. Um, really good food, really clean." Fantastic! I didn't know it was there. I thought we were going to stay in the oddness that is Stracathra, uh, but I didn't. I pushed on because that place mm. scares me. I can tell you um, a good place to park near the Stracathra, but mm-hmm. I won't put it on the podcast because I was told by one of the local drivers up there of a good spot in the vicinity. But he said, "Don't tell everyone because you'll have everybody parking in there." When I had that blue daft, so I'll tell you off here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well. I don't think he'll mind me telling you about Altens, but no, no, right. we'll give it, that's it. Always get, always happy to give a plug to a nice truck stop, and that's another. I didn't even really, I didn't even know there was a truck stop in Aberdeen, so that's coming um, handy for me. I could yeah, well, I Aberdeen. think a lot of people know it's still there. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
I asked the question on Facebook in day, and everybody's like, oh, you can park on the road here, and you can park behind there, and this and that. And I saw signs, and I thought, well, I'll go have a look for 10 minutes. Went and had a look, and there we are. Sound. He's got a Facebook page. It's, I think his Facebook page is Alten's Lorry Park Cafe. Yeah, that's that's just Alten's Lorry Park. Right, it's A-L-T-E-N-S. Aye. And if... The cafe's got its own page and the truck park's got its own page because the guy that owns the truck park isn't the guy that owns the cafe and looks after the day-to-day stuff. It's somebody down in uh, in Yorkshire, I think, that owns the spot. But they've uh, it's concrete and it's it's well secure because there's a big crane depot through it. You drive through it to like one of these Emsley crane type places, and that is oh, really? you know fantastic. Um, so we shot down to Streamline. They were the most helpful bunch of buggers I've ever known down there. Fantastic mm. blokes at Streamline. Really were. Mm. And I think what my load caused... It's a cargo handling, you know, vessels coming. I think oh, they... Yeah. Um, that stuff I picked up would come from bottom at sea at Shetland. It'd been under an oil platform for five years. Like big flat plates, they drop on the seabed and they put um, equipment on tracks. So, you know, when they sort of do this fancy underwater welding and that, they can just mm-hmm. move the tackle about on seabed. And they're going back to Italy for a refurb. Mm-hmm. And he had to dig them out and he had to move half a yard. And, you know, nothing was any trouble to those boys there. So we got that thrown on. And then we got galloping down, cracking weather, right until we got topside of Sterling and then the heavens opened, one of those biblical buggers that you, think mm. you can swim in. And that's exactly when my wipers stopped. Both of them completely just dunk. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like a fuse had blown. They didn't falter. There were no messing about. It just stopped, and it was absolutely twatting it down. If you'll pardon the French, um, I knew I got a motor, but there's nowhere to stop really. Uh, I didn't fancy being on hard shoulder in that. No, I could have pulled into Vosa spot and say, hey, "What? I've got no wipers. I would do." But I thought, "No, keep." Anyway, I kept going, uh, it, and it was raining that hard that it didn't really obscure your vision it was, it was one of those ones where it's like pushing the rain off the windscreen uh, <laughs> uh, so I got down to Bothwell and it, it just stopped Bothwell uh, <laughs> it just stopped pissing down and I, I mean you know I'm I'm from Yorkshire you know we know what rain is but that kind of rain I'm not getting out bollocks to that so I just mm. kept going and we got down to Bothwell slung it in there there's a guy in a skip wagon outside of me and I pull in obviously everybody has a listen when I pull in and he's had a, oh, you can see his face Foden, and then there I am ripping bloody wiper motor out, and he gets out for a natter and says, "What's you know what's occurring?" I says, "Wiper motor seized," and it had seized because I got all that linkage and tried to move it, and that was it. Seized solid. There's a smell of burning as well, and he says, "Oh, so they just go, aren't it?" Well, I've never had one go. They normally lose a stage. You know, so they'll only work on one and three, or they'll work on intermittent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intermittent starts to go funny first, I find. This one's only been on two years. The other one did 15 years. And this one from DAF has done two years. And I got another one from um, IMEX, you know, mm-hmm. at Castleford that make spurious parts. I thought, I'll carry one just in case. Anyway, I got one. So I swapped it in 10 minutes. Spent another 10 minutes trying to line splines up so wipers didn't wipe bonnet and miss windscreen and then um, we were on our merry way and I thought the amount of grief I get from mates about carrying spares it's like Wesley Pegden from last at summer line with that shed and Landry but you know 
have a starter motor under bed that's been there four years. Me Best too. insurance policy ever. I've got my starter motor under the bunk as well. And as well, as I mentioned to you, well, on Friday I'd text you well, because I was having my, my seat issues and then the starter motor uh, jammed. Uh, and I couldn't get it to start, I couldn't get it to start, but there was since a further development with what I found out that actually was, it wasn't the starter motor, because it was going click, 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 and I was like, ah, climbed underneath the truck, battered it with a hammer, tried again, back out, battered it with a hammer, and what it was, where I had the seat sitting in the centre console, the seat was resting against the gear lever, which was pushing it against where it would normally sit in neutral, uh, and it's got an inhibitor on it, so it won't allow right. it to start. So I moved the seat off the gear lever. The gear lever went back to where it should sit in neutral and it fired up. Because I did think from a starter motor, that never gave me any warning. Because usually, well, I've had a starter motor going, the tipper that I had, and the blue one. And they start to get a little lazy. They might only do it two or three times before they completely go. But that one, the starter motor on that thing cranks like hell, so... And uh, yeah, I've managed to fix, fi- I thought I'd fixed my starter motor by battering it with a hammer, but as it actually turned out, I had the seat sitting against the gear lever. I'm going to go and, I'm going to go and get one of those wiper motors now that you've said that, because, well, I was up at, I was up at Tenant Transport and John's uh, a top guy and he'd said, um, he's got a three like old style CF cabs, like the, the Alpha cab. And he's like, just I don't. He says I don't run them anymore. Take whatever you want off them. And I did three years ago. I took advantage of his generosity and basically took wheelbarrows full of stuff off them. But I'm sure there'll, there'll be wiper motors in there I could go and test on just to see just to see if I can get a spare one. Um, Eighty quid from IMAX. Oh no, I've already spent because I bought two brand new door handles from Bison, which fitted perfectly. So I've now got two locking doors, which is nice. Give me six months for those. You reckon I'm going to grease the hell out the inside of them? All internals are plastic. No, they're not. Not these ones. Yeah. We had some from Bison and... and these they came ones on sat- Well, we had Bison spurious door handles. They came. We tried to fit um, lock barrels into them. All internal gherkins were plastic. Oh, no, so mine, I just mine, have got, mine, came with the, mine came with the keys built into them. It's a complete right. unit. And I was metal inside them. Like I thought... Because I, I took it out and I thought, that's quite heavy, that looks all right. So, well, we shall see, because it's now got the door handles on it. And yeah, I put the, spotlight, put the spotlights on it. Well, they're 35 quid each, so I can't complain for that. No. Well, genuine's 130 apiece. Yeah. Well, I don't even know when it's going to get uh, on the road, because it's pretty much... I'm going to get um, Archie Johnson's test trailer. He kindly said I could have that, so I can go and take it out and get the brakes boiling hot on it and get all the, the rust screen scraped off it. I've got a new air dryer cartridge to go on uh, just because it's been sitting, and then we'll see what it's going to do, if it's going to throw any toys out the pram or anything like that. And I don't know what to do with it. People are busy. Uh, I'll say that when I, because I'd mentioned about that Actros. I could work that Actros for four different people, no problem at all. Uh, I've got people saying, if you're getting a truck, I, I'll give you work for it. And, um, so it's curious with everyone. I do like going to the office for the day and enjoying the sunshine and going out and like doing a bit in cars. And then I go back and read the news at night and apparently the country's going to hell in a handcart because of coronavirus. And I find it's best just to um, just ignore it. <laughs> Yeah, 
I'm ignoring it. Like we ignored it first time round when we were all frightened and we didn't know what was going on, and now we yeah, don't know what's going on, what isn't going to happen. It's just going to be more of the same bollocks. We're talking, so, about, we're talking currently about a circuit break lockdown, and it's like, yeah, well, it looks like in de- well in Denmark, you know, I've got a vested interest in Denmark. They um, they locked down very hard and very early, so nobody got the virus, and then they've opened up and let everybody go to the pubs. And now because nobody's had it, it's tearing through because there's it's nobody literally nobody's had it and now they don't really know what to do they haven't closed any borders or anything this time Britain hasn't put them on the quarantine list which is interesting although they would have a bloody cheek so I'm hoping things just kind of go on as normal there people just need to get on with the problem you've got is there's like 3 million people that have missed cancer treatments there's people with things that are going undiagnosed and we've got a thing coming up, what, which I want to talk about, but not on this episode. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the guy, well, the the girl who won our Young Driver of the Year. I'm not publicising it yet because I've not done it all. But she went and took over her dad's truck. She was a hairdresser. And her dad got prostate cancer, couldn't run his business as a owner driver. So she went, right, I'll go and do my licences. Got on there and she's been away at driving 16-speed manual XF. Uh, right the way through lockdown, being refused toilet facilities and and everything, hellish time. Really, just completely got on with it. And he was talking about how important uh, he wanted to make the point about how important it was to get checked early for prostate cancer in men's health and things, which is something I want to do something on on the podcast soon at a later date. Because with all this coronavirus stuff going on, people are terrified and they're worried and they're not wanting to bother their GP. And it's not a good thing at all. You're going to have. And an obsession with keeping coronavirus rates down is going to have an effect on everything else. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't put the doctor's full stop, so it matters now. If I've got a broken arm and I'm carrying it, uh, I'll go to doctors. If Doc- not, I won't. Uh, I've not, you know, a bit, you know, like yeah, blue, blue roll duct tapes, uh, sanitise it with brake cleaner. Aye. But I'll tell you what, I was... Um, I was using hand sanitizer that much that a few days when I was down in England there, and the effect I had in my hands, like the skin was peeling off the palms of my hands, and they're all really sore. Horrible stuff. I mean, th- th- that's why it's also important you can actually wash your hands with water and soap, but it will not do that. I actually reckon brake cleaner is kinder to your hands. Mm. And it also, brake cleaner also kills wasps dead. There's a handy tip from you from the Truck and Driver podcast. If you've got brake cleaner spray, it'll take a wasp out the game in a nanosecond. Yeah. I think you must have lovely soft office worker hands by the sounds of it. I've not. I've been out working in the old Vauxhalls every night, so I've got a bit... I managed to smash both my thumbs with a hammer on Friday night, which was quite sickening. Cry for help. Uh, And I was was videoing it at the time as well, so I'll be not probably... Maybe I'll put them in my Vauxhall videos. My Vauxhall page has got 168 likes. Come on, people. <laughs> yeah, John Tolley loves it. Good. Glad somebody does. It's a bit, well, it's a bit like a Bedford, so you, uh, you know, you've got him there. Mm. Got a bit of, Bedford, bit of Bedford coming up in the next issue. We've got the Millbrook at 5th. Well, I put the issue to bed on Friday. I've emailed about the mailing list, seeing as you're an official contributor, to say, have you have you dropped off the mailing list? Have you not? And I've also asked for, because people, 
uh, people have been messaging me. I'm going to get like a box of magazines sent to the house every month so I can just deal with the people who don't get a magazine. That's not an invitation for you just to mail me and say that you've not got your magazine because I will check your subscriber <laughs> numbers. For what we my magazine. Do you subscribe? Well, no, but. <laughs> your distribution company must have some serious yeah, questions they, to answer. They, they, they do. If you, go and call, if you go and call them up and get in touch, it says, oh, due to the issues with the coronavirus pandemic, and I'm not having that as an excuse. I've got people no. from Ireland. People no. are, my magazine came a week late, and I don't, honestly, I keep badgering on about it just to, you know, get something done about it because you can't just use because oh, coronavirus is an excuse for getting magazines on the shelves the sales of truck and driver i was stunned to see the rebound of the sales because obviously when we had lockdown and nobody could buy the magazine for two months it was pretty grim reading and i was like we're potentially in big trouble here but the issues that we've done since things have opened up again are actually back to pretty much what they were before which is I'm astounded. Thank you so much, everybody who's supported that and went looking for it when they couldn't bloody find it. Yeah. Good news. Because I've only got... The next issue is the V8 special. So I've got a Bedford TM in that, 8V71, not to mention pretty much everything else that was ever V8. And then I've got the 132-page Christmas special issue. So if you're going to write me something for Team Trucking Driver, something lovely... To round off your year, do it for the Christmas issue because I've got an extra 32 pages to fill, uh, plus a 12-page Iveco S-Way supplement as well from having our two weeks with it with me and then Bob Beach getting it. So I'm like, yeah, we are like ridiculously busy. I'm going to Knock Hill on the 3rd of October to go and photograph a truck in Jimmy McRae. The rally driver's coming along as well. And... Weekend, 9th, 10th and 11th, that's supposed to be some sort of Danish um, weekend. Mm. But no doubt, you know, there'll be complete border closures and everything before then to go and ruin my life. A few shows coming up as well still, isn't there? Is there? Um... Truckfest Scotland's supposed to be on and I cannot see that going ahead. What have we um, got? Misfortune is not going to be allowing that. We've got um, show motions have banged one in at Shrewsbury. End Are of they? season, ultimate, yeah, ultimate trucks. No, uh, end of season show. That's at showground in Shrewsbury. That's 17th and 18th of October. Um, okay, I don't know about that. The formerly convoy charity truck show is now called the DDS charity truck show because the guy that runs convoy truck shows has bailed out that's booked up full 250 but convoy truck show drive, that's drivers delivering dreams I saw a bit of that on Facebook that's what that means nice. well that's now what it's called and that's 16th 18th of October which is same weekend as Shrewsbury well they're quite far um, apart like in terms of ge- geography hey, imagine hey, you've truck fest West Midland and Wales this month 26th you've uh, Truckfest original at Newark, third and fourth of October. Um, Any more? Can't remember. Uh, there's Truckfest Scotland, but honestly, I can't see. Uh, Sturgeon was wanting a Cobra meeting chaired this week for tougher restrictions on everything, and I don't know how much tougher they can get things because we're now in this rule of six, so I can't legally go and visit my mum and dad, uh, my sister and her two boys, and her husband all at the same time. That's against the law. 
and, unless we go to the pub. Uh, yeah, bullshit. I were, just, you know, I were out last night at Bowshaw trouting home for, and there were six of us, table for six. Yeah, no bother. You know, straight up. Bosh. Fed, watered, no either. No screens, no anything. Just, you know. My personal responsibility, there's one of the pubs in my village and there's like always like five people stood about outside it smoking heavily and you can see the windows and the inside are all like condensation and things and I'm like, well, that's like, I'm not sure. You can't means test pubs and everything and just keep everything shut down, but that's what's going to happen. Like, I reckon they're going to shut them all again in Scotland and possibly England, but if they do that, they're going to have to extend the furlough scheme to go and like support the people who they're now going to go and put out of work, I would imagine. Fun times. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm doing quite a lot of lorry driving coming out cause, coming up because it'll give me some social interaction with ha- the, the happy people in the world of logistics. Happy, happy, happy. Look at me. <clears throat> Any other business? Do you want some industry news? Yes, please. Right. So, yeah, okay, Scania, DAF and Mercedes have all relaunched electric trucks with like a 500 kilometer range on them and there's like a joint tie-up with Volvo and Mercedes on hydrogen trucks. I haven't really read the press releases properly and things because I've been, yeah. That's an industry news, concluding that and moving on. (laughs) More next week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, more in-depth look at what's going on in the world of trucks next week. Yeah. I think that I think that about wraps it up for this week. Unless you've got any other, anything, anything else? What music's been doing it for you? What you've been what's been on your radio this week? Uh, classic trance mostly this week. Classic trans. No trance. Trans <laughs> is an entirely different subject matter. Yeah, yeah. I've been downloading some old old school bangers. Old school bangers. Yeah. Um. And I've been listening to the soundtrack from Eurovision, the story of uh, Firestarker as well. <laughs> really? The, the, yeah. Who, who, who are they? It's um, Will Ferrell film that came out on uh, on Netflix in oh, summer right. because they couldn't get it into cinemas, and it's brilliant. It's a um, it's a spoof about the Icelandic Eurovision entry called Firestarker, and it is funny as it, it will be with Ferrell because he's not he's, yeah. he's not wired up, is it? But the music on it. The songs are awesome. They're better than anything that you'll ever get on Eurovision. And it's uh, it's just really funny. Well, there you go. There's a, rec- there's a recommendation for you, dear listeners, I, as well. I there's recommend it heartily. Listen to when you switch this off. Yeah. And she's oh. not... And the leading lady's not entirely plain either, so... Uh, Stuff. If you can get over Will Ferrell with a long blonde wig on, pretending to be an Icelandic singing fisherman, then you can. Uh, don't know. It sounds pretty. Don't know. I can. Yeah, that sounds pretty legit. You know, I could find, you maybe teetering along along outside an ERF and a lay-by in high heels. You know. Dead right. <laughs> I can't get size elevens, can I? I don't know. I'm have to have them. Now. You would be su- you would be surprised what you would get in Wish.com. I tell you what was in I tell you what was in Wish dot com this week. It, it, it took it took it to a new level of bizarre, in terms of like um, equipment for the gentleman who wishes sexual congress um, on his own in an unconventional method. Uh, you know how you get these disembodied torsos that you can buy. It's got no head or legs or anything like that. We mentioned them in the podcast before. Have you ever wondered? Uh, somebody clearly must have wondered about the female form whereby, have you ever just wished 
that the boobs and the bum were on the same side. <laughs> and I don't know quite I don't know quite how this thing is set up, whether or not you would be, you would want like your your um your lady friend to have her breasts on her back or whether would you like her bottom on her front. But that's what this latex lump is. It's a bum with some boobs. And I'm not joking you, that was on Wish and that came up directly in my Facebook feed because obviously I click on these things and screenshot them and send them to my girlfriend because she thinks stuff like this is really funny. Mm. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. God, I want, it's kind of the sort of thing, you want to go and order it and put it in the passenger seat of the truck and drive yeah, it. I really do, yeah, I do. <laughs> but that's, what would you even call that? A, 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 a boobum? Barnsley Brenda, there's plenty walking around that look like that in leggings down here. What they've got, like, what, like, what, like back boobs? No, front bums. It looks like they've got. Oh yeah, like the underhang. Oh Jesus! Oh. Yeah, leggings shouldn't be yeah. a right. They shouldn't be an automatic right. You should have to pass a certain criteria before Primark are allowed to sell your leggings. There's definitely a sliding scale on leggings from the incredible to the appalling, you know. <laughs> yeah. You should have an entry level, you know. Mm. And if you if you fall you fall short of that, you should be banned from leggings. Caftans only. Or yeah, burkas. There's hundreds down here that would benefit from burkas. Trust me on that one. Oh, no, borderline, borderline. For no, no, I'm not talking about that. But yeah, I'm talking about... <laughs> yeah, just talking about, about like a paper bag. Indigenous Bansleyites. Trust me, there's a lot of them that should be in burkas. Religious considerations aside, just from an aesthetic point of view and a, and a, a way to reduce the suffering of the public. I wonder if we can get a hate on you. Know, I wonder, you know, if someday, someday retrospectively, I'll listen to all of these and go and pick bits out of it, and you'll be subject to, you know, a retrospective hate campaign from the people Let's of Barnsley. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Big fat birds gathering to give me a kick in every Friday night outside the yard gates. Marvellous. There'll be a website in that, won't there? Probably. Better get a bull bar. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's wrap this up for the day. Aye. That was wonderful. I shall catch up with you soon. I'm going to get Have dressed a... now. Yeah, you're going to get dressed now. Oh, dear God. Right. I put a T-shirt on. Yeah, that's that's that, you I, know. Didn't, I didn't put anything else on. Right. I'll catch up with you next week. Next week. And now we are delighted to play you the latest track from Irish singer-songwriter Marty Moan, which is titled U-Turn, so you can check that out now. White line in the middle, got the yellow to the side Got me a destination and I gotta be there tonight And I need to be taken to the other side I keep on pushing and all those go to plan I gotta turn right around and head right back again Once again, taken to the other side I wish I was holding you in this lonely open road But I keep rolling on like a rolling stone And I can't wait just to get back home From the other side, from the other side of the world from the other side, from the other side 
Welcome to the latest episode of the Trucking Driver Podcast. I'm delighted to have back with me again Morton Cullimore, who did a guest spot with us a few weeks back, and he's here to talk about a petition which is running for better facilities and also the RHA's Love the Lorry Week. Morton, delighted to have you back on the podcast. How's things with you? Yeah, good. Uh, testing times as it is still for, for everyone, but uh, yeah, it's nice to see more trucks rolling out there and, and, and the construction industry of which we're, we're a big part of uh, starting to to get some more energy behind it. Um, I wouldn't, won't say that there's normality back out there. Uh, we've obviously all got to behave different and, and, and plan a little bit differently, but uh, it's good to, to see uh, most of our our drivers back on the, on the roads. Yeah, no, it's good. I'm glad to hear it as we are pretty much living week to week. You know, yeah. we, can't, we can't make too many plans further ahead. But um, in the last couple of weeks, you've launched a petition yeah. um, regarding facilities for drivers. Do you want to tell our listeners a bit about that? Yeah, well, it, it, it's something I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be uh, chair of the Gloucestershire and Bristol um, region of the RHA and also part of the uh, Midlands and Western uh, Regional Council. But also last year, as, as, as some of you may remember, uh, be elected onto the board of directors of the of the RHA, and and one of the things in Gloucestershire we picked up, um, you know, representing the industry was um, the lack of safe and secure and, and decent, um, you know, parking facilities for trucks and, and their drivers, and it's something that as I sort of progressed um, up the ranks, if you like, of the RHA, that I decided it just should be one of my responsibilities to to try and improve that, being a family business. Uh, we know, um, you know, all our all our drivers and their families. You know, they're they're real people to us, uh, and part of our wider wider family. So, 
I see it as my responsibility um, while I'm serving my time with the RHA to really push this topic uh, and to do as much as I can to actually put it on the agendas for for our politicians. So, you know, our drivers are not just having to find laybites. And, and we saw at the beginning of, of COVID-19 lockdown that there was actually people getting turned away from using facilities. Uh, it's a basic human right. You know, that's that's perfectly normal that, um, you know, washrooms, you know, and decent facilities are made available to, to everyone, no matter what, what job they do. Uh, and it, it's just, it, it's time that we, we made a change uh, and actually put it on the agenda. That is, it's a big... Uh it's a big battle that, and it's one that continues to be ongoing as coronavirus isn't going anywhere going anywhere fast yeah. neither of these horrendous portable toilets a lot of places have put in we know hand washing facilities now that's, that's really good that we've got somebody um, fighting the corner with the RHA now the petition um, relates to new builds yeah so it's as our as our systems as our bureaucratic systems work it it's uh, it's kind of what is going to be, um, let's say, the, the 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 quickest win, the easiest win, because uh, a lot of people will just assume, well, you know, we see these motorway service stations out there, surely that's good enough. And it, it's not like that. You know, when, when, when trucks are out there and they're delivering to distribution centres, they're not on the motorway network necessarily. Then in our towns and, and, and cities and, 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 and villages and, and, and such like. So... We've we've got to think cast our net wider, and I think with our um, our our planning system, which is is very complicated, and, and and decisions that get made on on regional or county council or even district basis, we need to get this subject um, on those tables so that when there's these new um, you know distribution centres, housing complexes, or or um, you know entertainment centers that we see more of now you know the retail areas that are out of town that people drive to those are we're seeing more and more of those and it's not right that you know as drivers will know you get you time schedules of when you have to turn up to 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 tip to drop your load Um, but often there's not parking around there or you're not allowed to park on that site so it makes things very difficult and you know gloucester where, where 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 we're from you know, there's only a certain number of places you can pull over and, and, and there's a lot of trucks out there on the road. So, yeah, it's getting on that, that, that bureaucratic agenda to, to make sure that when new building developments are considered, um, that there is some element of, of parking facility um, for the trucks that, that, that can serve those, those the developments. And it's on the agenda for things like social housing and other facilities and and. It, it's hand in glove the truck driver and the, the truck parking should be part of that no I definitely agree we're, we're seeing these super hubs appear at the side of the motorway all the time with their fancy new like shaded wall cladding on them you know they look fantastic modern uh, enormous buildings um, but they say that they don't make provision for the trucks that are going to need to come in there and you saw it, Amazon built a huge hub in Dunfermline a few years back and you could go in there and you could spend six hours in there or they wouldn't want you for six hours and all the trucks would be parking on the industrial estate road in the periphery of the area and at least you were allowed to park there but it wasn't ideal because the drivers don't have access to any sort of facilities when they're there and then that brings its own problems in itself where the trucks are considered antisocial and people don't want them there 
So it's absolutely correct that uh, whenever these places are getting built, they have to account for the traffic that they're going to bring with them. It makes perfect sense, you know, for what we're what we talking about. Basically, they need to go and allocate an area so the trucks can park overnight and safely. Is that the sort of thing that... Yeah, no. We're looking for it. Could be it could create funding for these places as well because if, if you can charge an amount for trucks to park safely and securely and put facilities in, you know, they could then you know it could be self-funding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, drivers that find a place to park are often charged around thirty pounds. I've heard upwards of forty pounds per 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 night. But yeah, you could no- literally stay for less in the travel line at the motorway services at the moment that Absolutely. would cause you to park your truck in the stinking yeah. truck parking area with no security. But exactly, there's no security. So, to, so we're asking truck drivers to, to not only be a professional driver and to get the load safe and secured somewhere, but we're asking them to be a security guard when, when, they're, when they're resting as well. And, and, and really, that's not on... and. That's why we need the safe, secure, and, and that's what we have to emphasize. It's not just about providing a parking bay. You know, it's not just that. You know, yes, that may get, you know, a few more trucks off double yellow lines or, 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 or humped up on curbs or, or wherever they, they have to find their, their, their pitch for the evening. But it, it's finding somewhere that is secure. You know, these trucks are carrying the goods and services that we enjoy from, from the moment that we get up in the morning. We have a cup of tea, we have our toast or our cereal. Everything that we consume has come on the back of a truck at some point in its life. And the statistic is 90, 98% of what we enjoy uh, in this country has moved at some part of its life on a truck. And therefore, we need to look after this, um, you know, this, 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 the logistics, the transport of that um, every night and day. Yeah, without, without doubt, parking is the biggest concern for a lot of drivers. It's like the driving is often, well, I know that our road network can be busy at times, slightly better through lockdown, but the driving is the easy part of the job. Yeah. It's when you're stopped trying to find somewhere safe. And I had problems when I had that daff in July from finding somewhere, and I ended up on the side of the A3 for the night because I literally couldn't find anywhere else, and I was rocked from side to side all night. Yeah. So then you've got a tired, you know, stressed driver the following day. Um, I think we, we spoke about it when I was last with you on, on, on the podcast is, is how many of us would pull up a, a camp bed in, in our office uh, to, to, to spend the night so that we could be at work at, you know, the, 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 following, the following morning. And, and, and it's exactly the same. It's the same adage. It's, you know, how many of us would send our children to school or go and work in an office or any other place of business where there wasn't clean uh, and, and healthy facilities and, and toilets and, and the ability to, to get a decent meal. And as it's become it's become the norm for so long for drivers just to um, be used to not having access to the, these things. Um, so the idea for the petition is that whenever there's a new build going on, they have to allocate a certain amount of, uh, of it to truck parking facilities for the vehicles that they are going to attract. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's the part of it. I think... It's very difficult when you, you, you put these um, you know campaigns together of of how you word things. I think um, yes, specifically this petition yeah. is a, is about putting that on the agenda that any new new build developments that it it is mindful yeah. of of supplying um, parking. But I think if we get this petition across the line, it's bigger than that because it, it puts that subject matter of parking a truck 
and the truck driver on the agenda that people mm-hmm. find it important. There's enough signatures that's supporting it, and that's that's what we need to get after. It is. Well, the important thing with petitions is as well that they go after one specific thing because you, you could be saying, well, why don't we have like a petition for like everything to do with everything that's problematic in the industry? Yeah. But the good thing about this is it's going for one specific thing. Yeah. So, you know, once you can make that, if you can make that breakthrough, that's what's key. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, absolutely. Where can you find this petition should you want to sign it? So, um, I mean, it's obviously I've put links uh, everywhere on videos that I've released in, in, in our uh, our business uh, social medias. But basically, uh, just stick it in Google, Parliament Petitions. Uh, it's it's a, a very usual website where these things get launched. Uh, it's, it's a government LinkedIn uh, website, so Parliament p- Petitions. And then just in the search bar on that on that. Uh, on that page, if you just try type in uh, HGV Welfare Facilities, it'll bring up a couple, and, and it'll be the it'll be the top one on there. And you click it; it literally takes uh, a minute to do. You enter an email address, no other personal details. You then get sent an email to that email address, where you then click a link just to confirm that it's a valid email address, and that's it. The petition signed. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I'm going to put like there is a link on the truck and driver website for it, and I'm going to update the podcast links for it as well. So the petition is on there. Would say to anybody listening to this, please sign it. Please get your friends and other drivers to sign it. Now there's two thresholds with the petition, correct? Which is ten thousand signatures yeah. and then one hundred thousand. Yeah. So what happens at each of those? So ten thousand signatures. The parliament um, petitions uh, link into the government. They will respond to it, so it means they will recognise the petition uh, as as reasonably significant. So ten thousand will be great. We're we're well over halfway to that in the last three weeks. Um, but at a hundred thousand, what happens is um, the the House of Commons therefore consider this petition and its subject area for debate, which means we will see it hopefully in 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 the House of Commons being debated, and it will be be put on the agendas of all the MPs across the country. I just should add that actually on the Parliament Petitions website, what's really interesting is after you've signed it, and please do, there's a there's a little button uh, under there where you can uh, bring up uh, exactly where the petition has been signed and also the constituencies um, when you hover your mouse over, over the counties and, and, and regions. And you can see it's all shaded uh, in, in a, in a colour scheme of of where it's being signed most intensely at the moment. And, and unfortunately, uh, because of my involvement, Gloucestershire is leading the way as, as well as a few other uh, a few other counties. But it'd be nice to get a nice even spread because MPs will then see that it actually matters to their constituents. And the more MPs that we get this on their agenda, the, the more likely we've got of getting something across the line. Yeah, no, brilliant. And is there a deadline for the petition? So it runs um, for six months. So we've got until February to get the the hundred thousand plus. Uh, so that would be great. So we've we've got a while. We're still mm-hmm. in in the very beginnings uh, of it at the moment. So there is there is plenty of time. Yeah, well, see, it doesn't just affect drivers directly as well. You've got the pe- you've got the neighbours, the people who are near to these places as well. You've got the the families of drivers and friends of things as well. So we need to get everybody to go and just you know it's it's chipping away. Yeah, uh, um, I think it, it's, it's important to realise that before COVID nineteen, uh, the statistics were that that the industry, the transport industry, the truck driving industry, was 
somewhere around 50,000 drivers short of where it needed to be to keep the supply chain moving, especially as we move towards Brexit, where we may see less foreign hauliers on our roads. Um, and one of the key contributors that we recognise is that drivers are leaving the profession because of the lack of, of welfare, because of the lack of facilities. Um, and, and therefore, you know, again, I have to reiterate that, you know, if we don't have the truck drivers, these trucks don't move. There's not automated responses for this. You know, everyone thinks they click their Amazon buttons or whatever, and this it, it just turns up, you know, there's human beings behind this. And, and, and that's why it's, why it's important. We need to we need to retain the profession. It is, because it's not just one truck either. The chances are of the thing that you've got from Amazon's been in three or four trucks plus a van before it finally gets to you. And people Absolutely. don't, you know, it's, it's important to get people to think about the whole process of just how everything is there when exactly they need it. Yeah. So with everything, with truck drivers being uh, classed as key workers and the hard work the transport industry has done throughout this um, strange and terrible year, it's important that, you know, if we can use the momentum of something adverse yeah. to go and make some changes. Absolutely. And that, that's some of the comments that I've, I've had back from possibly disillusioned drivers that have said, well, you know, why is this petition going to be any different? Why is, why is what you're doing this time around going to be any different? Well, because we have a really unique example here. We have a really unique time to prove the importance of, of what's going on and that, that panic buying phase when things we're going missing from the from the shelves is that we've now we've now got a realistic example of how important it was those shelves only got filled because of, because the trucks kept rolling yep no definitely um i mean obviously you're heavily involved with the rha um when i was going to go out as an owner driver in 2018 i got as far as buying the truck and i got my cpc i did join the rha Mm -hmm. um, because when you're at that, a lot of you'll find a lot of drivers saying, "Ah, oh, it's a gaffer's club," you know, it's not there for the drivers. But as an owner driver, it was immediately apparent that it was something that I wanted to be a member of because I got the conditions of carriage yep. as part of that, and I took the legal cover as well in case anything got wrong with it. Now the RHA has um, been in the process of rebranding for 2020, and yep. there's some new features. Yeah. So the the it's, it's it's something that I've been a part of since since I joined as a director of the RHA the last uh, twelve to eighteen months. The RHA is is changing. It's in, it's improving and offering more to more more people. So it's not just a, a company thing or a company boss's thing, uh, which is, is somewhat of a stereotypical view view of it. Um, in in the past, there's now new membership types. So you can join as an individual. You don't necessarily have to be driving a truck. You can have something to do with the with the industry. Or if you're a, you're an owner driver, a one man band, you can join an individual membership, and we're we're offering things like van memberships as well, which you'll get that support, you'll get that that legal um, support and advice, especially during these weird times, uh, and help with things like CPCs and and, and all that. So with, there's a whole wide breadth of things now the RHA are offering to more and more people that are involved in in all facets of the industry. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing that I was interested in a lot was basically compliance and things to keep me on the right side of things. If anything were to, you know, go wrong, if the DVSA were to take an interest in you, yeah. which is what, which is where the RHA steps in a lot of times when you've got haulage yeah. companies who've been running perfectly fine for 20 years and then they fall foul of something or another and then it's like, what do I do? And then the RHA can be there to step in and help them out with things like that. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's very key on the RHA's agenda is, is that universal support throughout the industry. 
Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of the individual membership, if I, I mean, I mean, as me editor a truck and driver, part time truck driver and things, I could go and sign up as an individual yeah. member. So, so there's something that they're calling the professional membership. Mm-hmm. So if you're a transport consultant or uh, you know an editor of a, of a, of a magazine, mm-hmm. then that is the the, the appropriate membership. Um, as I said, they're, they're offering several tiers of membership, which are all listed and um, they're being promoted up through the RHA website, which in, in, in itself is also changing uh, next year. Um, it was going to be this year. Unfortunately, with um, the, the pandemic, it's delayed things like a lot of things. But yeah, there's, there's new offerings for everyone that's related uh, and there's specific branding and badges and stickers that will that will come along with that, and then you know different types of advice that will be appropriate for the for the level that you become a member of. So yeah, a lot more to to be offered by the RHA um, from from here on in uh, and from the future, and that's that's something I'll be pushing. Oh, brilliant! No, it's good to that's that's good to know. I think um, it will be interesting to see where we are come um, February with. Um, you know, the economy with COVID. Hopefully the petition's got all its signatures on it and everything. So I shall look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you very much for coming back on the podcast again. Appreciate it. And I'll be putting something in the magazine uh, about this and on the website as well. Please do look up the petition and sign it and get whoever else you can to sign it as well. This is important. It's just, it's a step. It's one of the first steps in the right direction to getting drivers better facilities. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk. 